0: Welcome to The Scam Economy with your host, Matt Binder. Hello, Scam Economy fans. It is your host, Matt Binder. And I'm just starting out this episode to uh, tell you that this week's Scam Economy is a little bit different. It is Scam Economy Live. If you didn't notice, last week we did not have our usual Thursday release date for an episode. And that was because last Thursday, May 26th, the time this show would usually drop as a podcast and on YouTube, I was doing a live version of Scam Economy as part of the Digital Void Media Brooklyn Festival at Littlefields in, well, Brooklyn, self explanatory. And, uh, you know, it was a a great night, great. Uh, presentations and other podcasts. I want to thank Josh Chapdelaine of Digital Void Media for setting it all up. Got to do a show alongside uh, Bridget Todd of No Girls on the Internet, and she had Ashley Reese on her show. Uh, Jake Flores and Dylan Adler were there, uh, Calhan Rosenblatt and Stephen Castillo, and a number of other uh, oh, Ryan Broderick, who's been a guest on this show before, was there doing a presentation. And of course, my guest on Scam Economy Live, Michael Edison Hayden of Southern Poverty Law Center. So what you're about to see, if you're watching the YouTube version, or here if you're listening to the podcast on this week's Scam Economy, is Scam Economy Live. And the topic is, I don't want to spoil too much, but the topic is basically... Looking at cryptocurrency's two biggest communities, the Bitcoin community, the Ethereum community. Looking at who makes up the Ethereum community, looking at who makes up the Bitcoin community. Uh, Michael Edison Hayden joins me to discuss specifically his reporting on some of the uh, horrible people who make up uh, one of those communities, especially. And then the overall point of this episode is after breaking down those communities, Pointing out how those similarities and differences between those two communities, that's not really the breakdown of the two splits in the cryptocurrency world. It's something a little bit different. Again, don't want to spoil too much. So – Patreon.com slash MattBinder to support the show, scameconomy.com for all the links to where you can find the show, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc. etc. And then of course YouTube.com slash MattBinder for the video version of this. And you know, this video version is live with me and Michael Edison Hayden in the same room on stage with an audience. So This week, if you don't usually catch the video version of the show, you might want to check out this one. It's a bit different this time around. And I hope to do more live versions of the show, too. But let's get to this one. Finally, I'm blabbing on here. Here we go.
1: Next, I'd love to introduce Matt Bender, uh, host of the Scam Economy Live. Matt Binder is the host of Majority Report, or part of the Majority Report with Sam Sater and Doomed. And he delves into the world of cryptocurrency in order to reveal the frauds, grifts, and scams. And there's plenty because really the whole thing is a scam. It's a scam economy with special guest, senior investigative reporter, and spokesperson for the Southern Poverty Law Center, Michael Edison Hayden.
0: Welcome to the scam economy with your host, Matt Binder. Hello, everybody. How are you all doing tonight? How many of you hold cryptocurrency? Well, I see there's some people who are raising their hand, and I want to offer my condolences for your losses. Um, for everybody else, you are in luck because I host a show called Scam Economy. And out of the 10,000 cryptocurrency podcasts and shows out there on the internet, you know, the ones that pump crypto and tell you how to invest and become the next Dogecoin millionaire, I host the one that tells you how it all fucking sucks. Uh, So this is Scam Economy Live, and I was asked to do this, uh, the first live episode of Scam Economy. And at the Digital Void Media Fest, and when I was asked to do it, you know, it's in Brooklyn, and I'm thinking, hmm, what, what, what should the theme of this episode of the show be? Live scam economy in Brooklyn. And so, you know, I'm thinking, okay, who's the first person that comes to mind when you think of Brooklyn? Let's, let's all say this together now, okay? Bill de Blasio. Right, right, right? And, you know, Bill de Blasio, one of his big campaign slogans was how... You know, it was the New York is the tale of two cities. How basically it's the rich and the poor, the have and the have nots, the 1% and the 99%. And we're often sold cryptocurrency, whether it be Bitcoin or Ether or Dogecoin or any of the other 10,000 shit coins out there (laughs) that are all just going to scam you and steal your money. We're told that this is going to somehow be what helps the poor, the working class, the unbanked, those who are downtrodden, and just need to get out of the old money system and get into the new money system, which would be cryptocurrency. (laughs) That's bullshit. (laughs) Cryptocurrency is not going to save anyone. And as I'm thinking of how this all goes down and how the crypto uh, community sort of sells this as You know, helping these people who are struggling. I thought of that Bill de Blasio slogan for his campaign. And, you know, to break this down, to really make people understand just how much crypto is, it's even worse actually. In fact, 0.01% of people who hold Bitcoin, there's 19 million Bitcoin in circulation, 0.01% hold 27% of the Bitcoin in circulation. I mean, that's, that's, that's a lot, right? Um, and so to really get this through people's uh, you know, heads and minds so they can understand, I'm going to talk in a way that crypto people usually try to sell this all to you. Basically, we have two main cryptocurrencies most people are aware of. You know, there's, like I said, a whole bunch of others. But, you know, Bitcoin's up here, Ether on the Ethereum blockchain's here, and then everyone else is just like, who gives a fuck? So, we're going to talk about the two communities. We call it the tale of the two communities. And we're going to get down to who makes up these communities, the Ethereum community and the Bitcoin community, and really try to understand them because at the end of the day, both communities, again, just want to scam you and take your money. Um, So, first, we're going to talk a little bit about the Ethereum community. And I think when people think of Ethereum, they think of NFTs, Bored Ape Yacht Club, Cyberpunks, and... The Ethereum network is sort of sold to people as, oh, you know, this is going to be for artists. Struggling artists are finally going to be able to make money, whether you're a musician, a comedian, uh, a fine artist, uh, whatever. This is where you will be able to make money on your art because you make it – you mint it as an NFT. You sell that digital receipt that's connected to your media, whatever you created. Uh, Someone buys it for a shit ton of money. We've seen it all in the news uh, in – they talk about the million dollars that the Beeple made off his NFT sales. And this is supposed to be revolutionary for artists. But when you look at you know, every other story, aside from maybe the Beeple one, which we, there's a whole background there that we don't have the time to get into, where uh, there's a very rich uh, person who basically set it all up to buy it, to sort of pump up the NFT market. But other than that, when we think of the new stories about NFTs... We see these stories of, uh, I guess, not so underground artists like, uh, I don't know, uh, Paris Hilton and Jimmy Fallon. Uh, two people, you know, when I think of indie artist, musician, those are the two people who come to mind, right? Uh, so you've probably seen this clip, but let's play a little of it so you can get an understanding of what's going on here.
1: Last time you were on the show, I asked you to explain NFTs. Uh, and you did so in a great way, uh, which is a very hard thing to really explain to a lot of people. But since then, Forbes has named you one of the 50, top uh, 50 most influential people in the NFT space. So
0: congrats on that. Thank you know uh, what you're doing.
1: Thank you. I'm so proud. I love being a part of this community and being a voice and sharing my platform and just getting the word out there. Because I think it's just such an incredible thing to be a part of.
0: Yeah, I, I, got, I, I jumped in.
1: I know, I heard. I'm I... so happy I taught you what they were. You did. You taught me what's <laughs> up, and then I bought an ape. I got an ape, too, because I saw you on the show with people, and you said you got a moon page. Pause I it. I went, and I copied you, and did the same thing. You did? Mm-hmm. This is your...
0: This is all riveting, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, just really amazing. I mean, they're talking on network TV about their Bored Ape Yacht Club picks, their NFTs, which, by the way, we should say, Bored Ape Yacht Club biggest NFT project everyone's familiar with, the people who are making all the money from it, are online marketers. They actually paid the artists who made those Bored Ape photos, yeah I know, as amazing as those Bored Ape pictures are, they paid those artists a one-time fee, and then bask in the glory of the royalties from the Bored Ape Yacht Club sales on the aftermarket, and those artists don't see anything more. Let's continue though and hear more from the Downtrodden punk rockers. Poppy you did the same thing. You did? hmm This is your, this That's is your ape. Yeah. We got a question. Actually, pause it for a second. I wasn't expecting to take questions, but let's do it. Okay, are you saying they're not making they're actually making a flat fee? They were paid up... Okay, so she asked, the uh, artists who made Bordet Biot Club, uh, and the, uh, the artwork for the Board Biot Club NFTs, they don't get a commission. That's right. There's four guys, uh, two of them internet marketers, two of them programmers. Uh, they are the four who are involved in the parent company, Yuga Labs, who make all the money from the royalties. When they set up the Bored Ape Yacht Club project uh, in April, oh, well, they launched it in April of 2021, those artists who made the, the actual ape artwork, they were paid a one-time flat fee. They don't get any royalties from it. Uh, I, think it I, I think I heard it was like a ten dollars $20,000 they got, but these were multiple artists it's not comparable. Yuga Labs, uh, in one night, a couple of weekends ago on their latest NFT sale, they made something like $215 million on a Saturday night. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're talking about, you know, we're, we're helping out the little guys, right? Uh, sure 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 but this isn't what we're sold on nfts right we're told that nfts are a way where artists can sell their artwork and get uh, all royalties can, you know in, in perpetuity right oh well you know the uh the artists actually came out and said that they weren't informed at the time how popular this was then going to end up to be end up being or even when it was popular, they had no idea, actually, until way after when it blew up in the media. Like, the, the Yuga Labs guys were making tons of money, and the artists had no clue at this point up until, you know, when the NFT market blew up in the mainstream, and then you had, like, CNBC and the Wall Street Journal covering it. Uh, let's play that. Uh, let's continue playing that clip. Like the hat, the shades. And what, yeah. Wow. How do you pick...
1: Because you can pick your... Your your ape. Yes. I was going through a lot of them and I was like I want something that like kinda reminds me of me but I, I, this one it's it does. I think we, we made like another version of it where he takes the hat off and blonde hair comes out.
0: Uh, okay, so, so that's enough of Jimmy Fallon and Paris Hilton, but hear what she just said there. They made a version of her ape where they take the hat off and long flowing blonde hair comes out. Uh cool. But uh this next pick I'm going to show you is something that, that Gwyneth Paltrow posted on her Twitter account um, when you know, she was trying to show the NFT community that she's cool and hip. Take a look at what Gwyneth Paltrow did with her Board Ape Yacht Club pick. Now, we are to believe that either A, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and Powers Hilton both had the same brilliant idea and at the same time are really good animators and did this to their own Board API Club photo uh, just, just perchance, what a quinky-dink. Uh Or what's really going on here is that the talent agency that represents so many of these actors and actresses and famous people actually have invested in OpenSea, the premier NFT marketplace where all these NFTs are sold and bought and the royalties are paid out. And, uh, you know, I think what we're seeing here is these artists and actors and actresses don't know anything, and it's number two. Their talent agency is basically telling them to buy these Bored Apes or they're having someone buy it for them. I mean, it literally says right there, thanks, Moon Pay Concierge. This is a crypto company that goes out and helps celebrities pick up NFTs. These celebrities don't care about this stuff. They're on TV selling it to you to pump up the market so their talent agency, which invested in OpenSea, the dominant NFT marketplace, is able to make more money from retail investors, again, like you and me. And you know th- this is what they want. Like Jimmy Fallon, Paris Hilton, Gwyneth Paltrow, they have nothing to lose here and everything to gain. So the idea that we are going to be saved by NFTs seems pretty bullshit to me. Now, the next thing I want to talk about, now that I gave you a little taste of the Ethereum platform where we're going to help all these artists... And, uh, you know, this is the platform, this is the blockchain network that's going to help the little guy with the NFT sales and the artwork. We're going to talk about the next big blockchain platform, Bitcoin. And to talk about Bitcoin, I'm going to bring out my guest at this time. He's a senior investigator at the Southern Poverty Law Center. Michael Hayden, everybody. Thank you.
1: I don't know what I'm doing here. I... I dox people for money. I don't really know when I'm on
0: stage. Oh, yeah, this is not good for you, right? I mean, so let's let's talk about this because Ethereum is known for the, again, quote-unquote, artists. But Bit- Bitcoin, excuse me, is known for, uh, I guess you can say, the uh, libertarian Ron Paulites and white supremacists. That's true.
1: Um, you know, Jaron Lanier, who's a futurist, a lot of people uh, may be familiar with his writing about social media, uh, you know, he mentioned recently that a large number of, that it's, it's understood in the tech industry that a large number of people who uh, were early investors in Bitcoin were also uh, people you would not want to associate yourselves with. And we did
0: some reporting that showed,
1: yeah. That-
0: I can say that's also true for people who got into Bitcoin late too. <laughs>
1: Uh, But yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know, some of the people who, you know, hold a lot of Bitcoin are people like Stefan Molyneux, who um, kind of emerged as a libertarian pundit, uh, but is kind of famous for being banned from mainstream internet platforms for saying that people of color are predisposed to being less intelligent than white people. Um, And women are less less intelligent than men, so we're talking about, like, you know, a pretty heinous figure. Um,
0: but he holds a lot of Bitcoin. So when we talk about white supremacy, we have this uh, this graphic up from the uh, SLPc, right. and uh, you know it's Stefan uh, Molyneux. We have uh, Weave, who's uh, known as a hacker with a. Uh, by the way, if, uh, he has a nice photo online that goes around. If you ever want to look up Weave, W E E V, giant swastika tattoo on his chest. Yeah. Um, Andrew Anglin of the Daily Stormer, a white supremacist website. Uh, we got Peter Brimlow of V-Dare, which, by the way, uh, was uh, quoted in the Buffalo Shooters Manifesto. Um, Jared Taylor, one of the oldest white supremacists that are still active out there. Uh, really some of the internet's worst people. Um, but someone who's not on here, uh, because you looked into them differently uh, at a different time, and uh, it just so happened that Michael Hayden put out this report earlier today, so we got some Breaking news here on the show. Yep. Breaking news, folks. I appreciate you timing this for this event, by the way. They held this purposely for all this. Um, tell me about what you uncovered just today about Alex Jones and
1: Bitcoin. So, yeah, so a, a, a very wealthy person. Uh, you know, uh, we, we describe him as a Bitcoin fairy is um, bestowing upon Alex uh, now a, a, an amount that reaches $8 million over the course of just 26 days. Wait, 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 wait. How much? $8 million over 26 days. So basically the way this works is uh, Jones has um, been, you know, in a lot of trouble because of the Sandy Hook lawsuit, as, uh, you know, many of you may be familiar with. Um, he has declared bankruptcy, and he goes on his show and says things to the effect of like, you know, I don't know. Do my, I'm going to do my best. Okay, uh, do but, it. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. come on. These, Let's do it. Give me your best Alex Jones. Let's go. We're at war with these demons. And if, you, and if you don't bestow upon me the money to fight these demons for you on your behalf, you will be eradicated. Essentially, that's essentially...
0: And I just want to point out that he didn't just do like the grovelly voice. He even gave that little tint of Texan. You heard that? I spent a lot
1: of time listening to assholes online. They, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the point is that he makes these pleas for money and someone uh, with, uh, tremendous, who holds a tremendous amount of Bitcoin is giving Alex Jones money at a time uh, when he is trying to declare bankruptcy and he is trying to avoid giving money to the Sandy Hook parents. So we have been finding that money and we are hoping that by catching these transactions we are able to help um, get it to them. Uh, But, uh, you know, it's scary because Jones, of course, um, you know, very intimately involved in pushing Stop the Steal, um, you know, really pushed
0: uh, Which is also probably a slogan that crypto people are using right now if they've invested in Terra or Luna. Stop stealing my money, Kwan. Please. That's correct. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not
1: just the you know the obviously the, the heinous disinformation that everybody's familiar with and defaming people who um, you know who just lost their their child in a you know in a mass murder. Um, but also, you know, I'm leading an insurrection against um, the United States Uh, and doing it basically to drive up traffic to the Infowars store. I mean, we really believe because we saw like a huge increase in traffic to the Infowars store. I mean, so much of this is just about making money and money transferring between people. It's not ideological necessarily. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's really scary, the amount of money that they're giving it.
0: Right. Do we have any idea who this big benefactor is? Any any speculation? We are we are working at it. We get a lot of people be like, it's Peter
1: Thiel, and it's like you know there are a lot of um, there are a lot of people outside of Peter Thiel who are also um, have a lot of money and really want this country to turn in a hard right authoritarian direction so they can um, hoard. Uh, more money and more power for themselves, which is what all this is. It's a business transaction. A.K.A.
0: banking the unbanked, right? The little guy. Now, I I actually have my own... I don't want to say speculation, like I think it's this guy, but I think there's a chance it could be based on previous things that Alex Jones has said. Now, we might have to move out of the way for this clip, um, but I have a clip I want to play here. And uh, wow, you are much taller than me, Michael. That's okay.
1: (laughs) On the internet, it's it's totally even.
0: Right. So let me play this clip. Listen to who Alex Jones, the name that Alex Jones drops right off the bat, and uh, what he says about what this guy uh, bestowed on him a couple years ago. Wait, that's not it. Where is it? Here we go. Let's do this.
1: And Max Kaiser comes to me and he says, "I have ten thousand bitcoins for you. This is the future." It'll be the new global currency. He's on record. And I'm like drinking wine and eating a fucking steak at night. I go, okay, great. I lost the laptop. He put the 10,000 on him. Today, what's 10,000 Bitcoins worth? A lot. 10,000 times 50. 5 million?
0: 500,000? Mm hmm. Uh, $510 million. Yeah. $510 million. You fucking idiot. So if you didn't catch that, Alex Jones says that years ago, I think he said 2013. Max Kaiser, he's an RT uh, guy. He was on Russia Today, uh, long time, like libertarian. He's been he's been big into Bitcoin since the very early days. Um, Max Kaiser, according to Alex Jones, gave him 10,000 Bitcoin on a laptop long ago, uh, when it wasn't worth anywhere near how much it's worth now. And Alex Jones lost that laptop, according to Alex Jones, uh, and. Lo and behold, Alex Jones lost what would now be worth something like five million dollars. Um, well, I'm going to speculate either A uh, that Max Kaiser gave is giving him money because Max Kaiser clearly is heavily invested in Bitcoin since the early days, or B, Michael, do you think it's possible that Alex Jones actually didn't lose that laptop and is giving himself money via Bitcoin uh, wallets? I, I think I, I think it's it's definitely non-zero. There that? we go. And to give you a little idea now. When we talk about Alex Jones and some of these other white supremacists, we're not, you know, these people aren't like being invited to like the Bitcoin meetings and the big conferences, but Max Kaiser is. And Max Kaiser was just recently at the Bitcoin Conference 2022 in Miami. I actually had Ryan Broderick on my show to talk about it a couple weeks ago because he attended. And Max Kaiser was there, uh, really happy about the El Salvadorian president. Nayib Bukele. And that's because this guy uh, is really big into Bitcoin and is heavily invested the country of El Salvador into Bitcoin, hoping it will be El Salvador's savior. Uh, that's not the case. They are, uh, he bought every single uh, Bitcoin he's bought for the country it is now at a loss compared to the current price of Bitcoin. But um, here's Max Kaiser propping up El Salvador and uh, Bukele for their Bitcoin promotion at Bitcoin 2022 in Miami just a few weeks ago.
1: Bukele! Bukele! Bukele!
0: <laughs> Try it on. How's everybody doing? Just take a look at what We're he does with sufficiently that sufficiently orange pill? That's how much the people of El Salvador mean to Max Kaiser. He waves that flag and just throws it down on the floor. Who gives a shit, right? I did my point, I had my purpose. And so, I don't know if Max Kaiser's behind this, but it's clear that Max Kaiser is a huge figure in the Bitcoin community, and he previously gave Alex Jones a conspiratorial, far-right provocateur, a ton of Bitcoin, whether Alex still has it or not, who knows. But here he is at Bitcoin 2022 representing uh, the wonderful crypto known as Bitcoin.
1: I should note also, uh, Daily Stormer uh, has repeatedly linked to Kaiser's material, cited him, and uh, you know when he talks about things like elites and bankers or whatever, they slip in things about Jewish people. Um, so there's a kind of a, a back and forth between neo-Nazi white supremacist community and Kaiser's
0: material on RT. Now, um, Michael, let me ask you, when you look into these crypto-fascists, how many of them got those red laser eyes?
1: Quite a few. Um, I should note that also Marjorie Taylor Greene has one
0: these days. It's like a
1: a version of one,
0: right? That right there (laughs) is a senator of the United States, by the way, uh, Senator Cynthia Loomis. She's a big Bitcoin promoter. She wants... uh, the government not to regulate it, and for uh, you know, the you know, basically she wants Congress people to promote Bitcoin uh, because, uh, surprise, surprise, guess who's invested in Bitcoin? Um, but you know, this whole laser eye thing, uh, it, it makes me feel bad for uh, Cyclops of the X Men uh, because he's probably the most prominent person before Bitcoin to be you know to have laser eyes, uh, and just I wanted to, for the record. Uh, absolve uh, absolve him, excuse me, of any connection to Bitcoin because as he previously announced in uh, his solo comic Cyclops uh, number one, that he never votes Republican. (laughs) Uh, So, Michael, uh, we don't need to hear Alex Jones anymore. Uh, We don't need to hear from Max Kaiser anymore either. So, Michael, what's, what's next in terms of you looking into and researching how neo-Nazis, white supremacists, white nationalists, uh, extremist groups are utilizing Bitcoin? Like what is, not only that, what is the, the main reason you think that they uh, are attracted to Bitcoin, other than the fact that it was started with a strong libertarian far-right ideology?
1: Well, is it the main reason they use it is to skirt around detection by law enforcement. Uh, you know they'll, they'll say skirt around detection from us, uh, but the reality is it's really just dis- skirt around detection from law enforcement. Uh, Daily Stormer, for example, has regular payments that they use through Bitcoin that come monthly that we detected. Um, basically, like, you know, first of the month, uh, and, uh, you know, Andrew Anglin of Daily Stormer is paying Weave in the way you would pay somebody. The only difference is that the amount of Bitcoin he gets fluctuates depending on the price of Bitcoin at that moment. Um, but you know the biggest one right now that they're that they're trying to use is Monero, which is a privacy-based cryptocurrency. I'm sure you've uh, you're familiar with it. Um, if you you know anybody who's read our reporting before knows about Monero. People are trying to get to the bottom of how Monero uh, you know how to track Monero and how to use it. Um, it is a privacy-based crypto uh, that essentially um, obscures. You can you can track. The beginnings of the transaction from Bitcoin to, um, they're called step transactions, from Bitcoin to Monero, but not, um, once it gets to Monero, we don't know who, how it's tra- changing hands. We're trying to break that right now. Um, but they're, you know, they're using it to skirt around law enforcement and detection. So if you need somebody to do a thing, right? We all have suspicions that some people are doing disinformation for money, right? For example, right? You just some, somehow, for some reason, they're all talking about one particular thing during a breaking news event. You're like, why are all these assholes talking about this lie at one time? And you have a suspicion that perhaps it's not organic. There could be a payment on the other side of that somewhere, right? Right? And And Monero enables them to do it without being tracked. So we are trying to get to the bottom of that and try to figure out who is doing it. Sometimes it's coming potentially from foreign governments. sometimes it's coming from very rich people in the United States, right? It is a way to pay um, it is a way to pay for dirty deeds.
0: You know that's really interesting because what we're told one of the benefits of the blockchain is that it's a public ledger. all these transactions are put on the black blockchain. You know, you might be anonymous based on your wallet. If you haven't posted your wallet address anywhere, no one could really tie it to you. But all the transactions are there. Now, you're telling me that Monero is a little bit different. Right.
1: You can't just, you know, walk into a Monero transaction. You need to have Bitcoin already to make the transaction with Monero. But once you have it, and and again, the the first time I ever heard Monero being promoted, it was uh, promoted uh, by Weave of the Daily Stormer, who's a neo-Nazi. Um, and yeah, I mean, it is, it, it is explicitly to keep people from knowing
0: what you're doing. Right. Now, we talked about Ethereum, we talked about Bitcoin, uh, you know, Paris Hilton and Jimmy Fallon are not Alex Jones and Weave and Stefan Molyneux, uh, but someone is, uh, you know, again, also not as despicable, but someone that is dis- uh, despicable, in my opinion, is, uh, a person by the name of, uh, Gary Vee. Again, not Alex Jones, but this is a guy who promotes the whole hustle culture, tells people all they got to do basically is work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, rise and grind, baby. And they too can be millionaires. And if you're not, uh, there's really no excuse. What the fuck is wrong with you? And if you can believe it, Gary Vee uh, is also another one of those struggling artists who is big into NFTs. And just this past weekend, he had a VCon NFT convention to promote his uh, line of NFTs called v Friends, which are literally chicken scratch doodles that Gary Vee puts on a piece of paper and then sells for thousands of dollars. And you know, I don't want to leave you guys on the note of Alex Jones and these terrible white supremacists. Uh, so I thought this Gary Vee thing would be a little bit more fun to end with. Let's check out a clip of Gary Vee's gift to the people who paid thousands of dollars to attend his NFT convention. Play the video. I really wanted to do something extremely special for just the people that were actually at VCon. So we teamed up with Rally. I created this remarkable new exclusive character just for VCon, the Viper. And I decided to team up with them and create a scenario where in the app, you can go and get a piece of this fractionally, no different
1: than we did with the sharing squirrel, but for free. That's right, all of you in attendance,
0: now own a piece of original art through the Rally app by just going there and claiming your percentage of how many, many, people join in. If nine of you do it, then you're gonna be dividing it up. If all of you do it, like I hope you do, then all of you will be dividing it by the attendees that are actually here at the time. Congrats, enjoy, more fun surprises this week. So this fucking piece of shit is what Gary Vee gave to the people who paid thousands of dollars to attend his conference. And again, not a physical copy, and not even the whole digital copy, a free fraction of it, a share of the fucking Vicon Viper, this chicken scratch doodle that he probably whipped up together in a matter of minutes. Well, I'm not into NFTs, but I like giving people gifts. So I was inspired by Gary Vee, you know, I wanna hustle, I wanna rise and grind. So I made my own little piece of shit chicken scratch. This is the Scam Economy Anaconda. And you know, I'm not going to make an NFT of it, but I need to figure out a way to share this with all of you. There's a lot more than one of you here. So I will give you each a fraction of this in the only way you can with a physical copy of this artwork, and that's by ripping it up into many little pieces. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for coming out to the Digital Void Media Fest. Thank you, Michael Edison Hayden of the Southern Poverty Law Center for joining me tonight. Thank you very much. This is Scam Economy, ScamEconomy.com. Have a great night and uh, don't get scammed. And if you're just listening to the audio-only podcast version of the show, you missed the visual at the end there where uh, I tore up my physical NFT, uh, also known as a drawing on paper. And I did actually hand it out to a few people who asked for their share of the scam economy anaconda. But yeah, I had a lot of fun. I hope you all enjoyed it. A little bit different. I've already talked to Michael Edison Hayden, and he's going to come back on this show so we can get deeper into this all. Uh, in terms of, as he put it in uh, a tweet of his own, uh coins and cyber Nazis. There's a lot more to discuss. Only had about 30 minutes or so to break it down with him and did it within the overall theme of the tale of two communities and the crypto 99 percent or really 99.99 percent. Right, I think that's it. Versus the 0.01%. Right, that's how it is in crypto. A lot much more, uh, you know, equal and equitable, right? But yeah, if you didn't catch, summary the communities that make up supporters and advocates of the two biggest blockchains, Bitcoin and Ethereum, uh, are are sort of very different on their face. You got the artsy uh, types over on the Ethereum world, and then you got the uh, Bitcoin Maxi Libertarian types on the Bitcoin side. And they'll argue that they're not the same, and one crypto is better than the other, and one is actually the future, and one will be a currency or one will be a platform. But at the end of the day, the real split is you, me. And that 99.99% of people who uh, are not Bitcoin or Ethereum or crypto uh, millionaires or billionaires. uh, No, no, no. The real split is the people who push this stuff on you. The people who have invested a lot because they already are rich. The people who are uh, part of VC firms. The people who are running crypto businesses or trying to hawk their NFT projects. And of course, the white supremacists and neo-Nazis who've made bank from their crypto fascist fans sending them lots of crypto. That's the real breakdown. That's the real tale. That's the story there. So, folks, once again, patreon.com slash Matt Binder to support the show. If you can, that would be fantastic. Really trying to build the Patreon page. Get regular uh, subscribers who can help me grow this show, my other show, all the work I do be able to create more content, bring on more people on board to help disseminate that content, break, out, break down that content, I should say, get it out there, create more. So yeah, patreon.com slash Matt Subscribe to youtube.com slash Matt for the YouTube channel, twitch.tv slash Matt As well, I go live there and on YouTube uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, may go live more than that, too. You never know. So subscribe to those two channels to follow me on there and get notifications when I do go live. Also, if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, consider subscribing uh, to the Twitch channel that's a paid subscription with your Twitch Prime subscription. What's that? Well, you get a free Twitch Prime subscription. That's right. A paid Twitch subscription with your amazon prime subscription every month amazon's literally giving you free money to give away to your favorite twitch creator hopefully that's me if it's not that's cool just make sure you use it so amazon just doesn't keep the extra bucks so twitch.tv slash matt Binder, drop a twitch prime subscription if you'd like uh follow me at matt Binder. oh leave reviews on apple Podcasts and spotify if you can really if you could do so that would be great uh the reviews really do help f- people find the show if they don't already know about it because it helps the show rank better on the charts. And I'll tell you, people have told me, hey, I just came across your podcast because I was looking for something new and there it was on the technology charts. So really, uh, if you can, leave a review. And uh, I, think, I think that's it, right? And I think I, I pretty much nailed everything I wanted to nail. Hope you enjoyed this uh rare scam economy live hope to do it again in the future so it's not so rare but this is now episode 17 and it's the first time we've done it so it is considered rare if this was an nft for example ostensibly this would be the creme de la creme anyway hope you enjoyed i will see you all next time on the scam economy